a bunch of puppies. Oh. Extremely cute. I give up. And now, now, it's the Mike Kelter Show. It is 904 on the Mike Kelter Show. 1025 The Bone. In the studio with us, a very funny comedian. KP Burke is here. By the way, also, it's hard to believe that you're a veteran looking at you. <laughs> you really gave it up after it was over, didn't you? No, I did reverse P90X, Mike. <laughs> I, was, I was fat again within three months once I got out, man. It was over. Oh, by the way, I don't think you're fat. I'm just saying you, you, uh, um, you know, I don't know. I can never do that. My nephew is currently in Jacksonville where you were in the Navy. Nice. My poor dog is sniffing your nuts right now as we're speaking. Uh, and I could not, I couldn't have people yelling at me. I couldn't be doing all the exercise. I, w- I would just drive me insane. If I could just skip it and get to the part where they give you the fancy uniform and then I learn some stuff, I'd be down with that. It's not as hard as you think, man. It's uh, it's weird. Everybody always says that to me too. Like, oh, if anybody ever got in my face, I would just, I'd drop them. No, I wouldn't drop them. I'd, I'd be scared and I'd just be like, please stop yelling at me. I'll just do whatever you want me to do. I'm very... <laughs> You know, and that uh, authority yelling at me, I respond to. It's when people I don't respect yell at me, and I'm like, I'll drop them. That's the one, man. It was uh, it was always amusing, too, in boot camp. You'd have the kids. Everybody presents. They're all act like uh, they're on Oz. Right. They're, they're just trying to present like they're doing some tough guy thing. Or yeah. Whatever. And then it's the one kid that was sitting there. It was so funny, too, because uh, they, they wound up putting me in, like, an admin role because they figured out I had a half a brain. Right, right, right. So they wound up putting you in the office. You're going through people's medical records. And the kid, like, the first night that's walking around telling everybody, he goes, you don't understand. I'm from Camden, New Jersey. And I'll, I'll go back to selling drugs. I don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back to selling yeah, drugs. Yeah. Then we go through his things. He's, like, from Hamilton, New Jersey, uh, like a gated community. Not Camden, you know? yeah. Don't be tough. Try to be a tough guy. Yeah. They What's fit. wrong? Is his microphone? Just move it a little closer to your mouth. There, there you go. Perfect. There we go. So, why did you join? We like I remember in high school. My dad was in the navy, and in high school, me and my girlfriend Danielle Mazzola broke up, and I was depressed. And I was like, maybe I'll just join. Maybe I'll join the navy. They were there that day at my school trying to recruit. And I was like, maybe I'll just join the navy to like torture myself because I was sad over Danielle. So glad I didn't do that because she's definitely not worth joining the armed forces. What did you always want to join, or were you like? Uh, I know. did always want to join, you but it did? was. Uh, yeah, I had like my father. I'm sorry, my grandfather was a World War II veteran in uh, in Europe, and like he would loosen up and talk to me about it and stuff like that. It was pretty cool, and that made you want to do it. It was well. Eventually, he started telling stories he probably shouldn't have been telling a 15 year old kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad was a corrections officer in prison. You know where in, where he was a prison guard, and the more stories he told, the more I was like, I'm never doing that. I have to get a real job. That that would actually terrify me. I could do the military because there's some struggle. Like it's it's the idea. I don't know. I saw natural born killers too young. I could never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't. I I think that. Um, if I had a job, I, I, I don't. The same reason why I don't like roller coasters. I don't like all the loud. If like when I saw a video of my nephew, I watched on YouTube about what it was like when they showed up at boot camp. Because I think it was in Chicago where they where they went. And, Great Lakes, baby. Yeah, and uh, and then they get in at night, and then right away they take their stuff and they start yelling at them and then marching them around. And I thought, oh, I just want to go to take a nap at that point, and you can no longer take a nap when you want to. You've given That's up true. your nap rights. We had a guy. Uh, we walked off the bus, and it was. Uh, a guy, a big Haitian guy, just comes up to us and just screams, your brain is on vacation for the next eight weeks. <laughs> and he was right, man. Yeah, was, yeah. You didn't have to think. They did everything That's for you. Right. After that. Oh, man. Well, thank you for your service. I'm not knocking it. I just think it's crazy. <laughs> did you know that you were funny when you were in the Navy? Like, when did you want to do comedy? They, uh, I, I oscillated back and forth. Like, I was funny in high school and stuff, yeah. and I, I could do that. And then it was 
but I was trying to do my alpha male thing when I was in you know boot camp. Right. Like week three or four, you loosen up a little bit. You start doing impressions of some of the drill instructors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, this is kind of weird, man. I've actually performed for all three of my drill instructors. Oh, have you really? Since then? Yeah, my uh, one of my RDCs, um, Jonathan Lee, is a photographer now too. He's retired. He's coming out to the show tonight. Oh, so. that's awesome. <laughs> do you do you uh, did you go anywhere? Were you deployed anywhere? Uh, so first tour, I'm from Jersey originally, yeah. and uh, so my first uh, tour, I was on the USS Kearney. Okay. And it was hilarious because I showed up while they were in the yards. They were in between deployments. Right. And it was amusing because we went nowhere. <laughs> the only thing, I'm not even making this up, the only port visit we ever got was uh, we went up to New York for the Henry Hudson Festival. Yeah. They took me to Manhattan. <laughs> from Jersey? Yeah, I was like, I, I was born 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, right. here's your big port. Uh, go out and r- run the streets. Although you got to admit, when you guys go out there and you're a little white, so the girls love that, don't they? It's um, it's pretty good. Yeah. So I remember going to, uh, there was a bar near Yankee Stadium we went to. And people just lining up shot glass because we couldn't keep up with the drinks. Of course. Going. Then the next day, I went back in like civilian clothes to go uh-huh. to the game on my birthday. Nobody I, cared. I, nope. I handed a twenty dollar bill to uh, the bartender for two shots at Jameson. He's like, "All right, where's the rest of it?" <laughs> Twenty four dollars. Uh, I, yeah. I deployed later with the next unit. Yeah, I where? Uh, so it was. I was. Our unit was called uh, Mezron, uh-huh. and our mission was pretty much we did armed escorts in and out of the Gulf. Who are we escorting? So I'm. Uh, so I'm. I'm sitting here watching my dog. On your leg, and I'm just going through, assuming you're enjoying it. I know. I'm sorry. If, if I can make Joe take her out if she's bugging you. No, I'm a fan. I'm okay, a fan. all right, good. <laughs> she's literally sitting, standing on his leg while we're doing the show. And she was mean to me when I walked in. Oh, she's mean to everybody. She barks like crazy. <laughs> Mabel, get down. Uh, all right. So anyway, we go where you, you? Who are you escorting? So every ship coming in and out of uh, the, the Gulf over there, we wound up uh, getting um, sent over to Dubai. Oh, yeah. Right. So that was cool. That was trippy. And you're, you're escorting other military ships or, or like cargo ships? Some, it, pretty much everybody coming in and out, you have to have an armed escort. Right. So it's uh, like 34-foot patrol boats. We put 50 cals on them, stuff like that. Oh, and it was a great mission. That's a good job, man. Uh, and then, just to sit at the end of the boat on a 50-caliber machine gun, just waiting to blow somebody out of the water. Waiting to blow it was pretty great. Somali pirates out of the water, yeah. Did you get to, Mabel, get down. Did you get to do any? Um, well, I mean, they make you do uh, that. That's probably the worst. I, I was a little bit of um, uh, a little little reckless sometimes in the yeah. military. So when you have to do the, uh, you have to certify for the weapons on right. the ship, they literally take you out to sea to where it's like completely far enough away to actually aim the 50 cal and you have to qualify as a marksman out there. Yeah. And I wound up, I'm not even kidding, I wound up uh, throwing up so much while I was out there getting sick that they're like, all right, you're a medical hazard. From this rattling? Kid, this kid's going to be dehydrated yeah. out of here. So they actually they made me go back on shore. Oh, that stinks. <laughs> that stinks. I always thought, uh, when every time I watched Captain Phillips, I thought, well, that must be the greatest, just to just to be patrolling the ocean with that giant machine gun with that little shield thing in front of your face. I'd love to do that target practice. Well, that's cool. The other one, though, when they make you do crew serve weapons, like we had, we used to wear like uh, Kevlar and stuff, and uh, so I'm a bigger guy. And, uh, it would be the most uncomfortable position you could oh, possibly yeah. be in, having like a you know 60 pound Kevlar here, and then you're leaning up on it. You got to you're sitting on your butt trying to shoot. You know, yeah, just, not as fun as oh, it sounds. Oh, torture. Uh, it's, uh, it was brutal. Uh, this is KP Burke. KP is a funny comedian. He was in town. You might have seen him this weekend with Lynn Coplitz. How great is she? The best. She's yeah. uh, like my fairy godmother. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she she's somewhere between your friend's hot mom. And the the cool chick in high school that, that uh, you know would sneak a bottle of alcohol to your English class. Very true. Very yeah. true. And it's um we did have a great weekend. We had, I don't know if BT told you what happened yet. No, no, no. Tell, oh, please tell me. Uh, Friday was pretty nuts. Um, so Friday, uh, the kid who was hosting, nice guy, uh, David's his name. David okay. Ryan, and he's um he's driving me the whole weekend. 
And then he's sitting there, and he's so like plugged in because Lynn can be intense to work with sometimes. Yeah, can she really? She gives a lot of notes. She's yeah, very, yeah, you know, you gotta, you know. All right, don't do this, and don't look at that, and don't. I'm the one who talks to the crowd. Yeah. Well, we we knew to do that one for it. Yeah. It wound up working out in our favor too because she was so funny. But uh, it was uh, it was amusing, man. So she, um, this, me and this guy David, we're sitting there, and he's just like smoking a cigarette in front of the club, kind of getting nervous in front of me, and he doesn't notice that there's a van that pulls in behind him. All right. Right. Van pulls in. Big guy gets out. Looks like Butterbean. Uh huh. And he's got um, white. Was it Bobby on. Kelly? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, but he, uh, the guy gets out. White collared shirt on, suspenders. But he's got a trucker earpiece in, like he's driving like a big rig. Right. Right. So then behind him, he takes out two like petite girls, like maybe in their twenties or something, that are both dressed like they're on their way to go celebrate the first Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then we start putting it together, and I'm like, I, I'm from Jersey, so I was like, you guys have Amish? You guys have Orthodox Jews? Oh, Jews, yeah. And then he goes, uh, he's like, no, why, why would you ask that? And then, boom, two Amish guys get out in the back. So it was a car full of Amish on Rumspringa. Oh, man, so that was their big thing to get out? Yeah, we might be the only comics they ever see in their life. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were like, send us back. Wasn't that good? <laughs> it, was, it was nuts, man. So, was it? Yeah, well, uh, David, the, the kid who was hosting, he knew not to talk to them at all. So let me, let me hold on, let me just explain. So Rumspringer is when the Amish kids get to leave and do things you're not supposed to do and see if they like it, and if not, they come back to the religion and they stay right. Amish. Right. Power, no power, and all that other garbage. So they decided, so you, the, the host knew not to talk to him. Yeah, he didn't talk to him, and then I knew, I was like, Lynn is just going to go to town on this. Right. And it was good. So I made one comment. I, was, I do a joke about being addicted to my cell phone and how yeah. we see cell phones in the crowd all the time. And I was like, well, there's one table that's not going to be. Right. Addicted, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, so they went nuts. The crowd was because everybody wanted us to acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah. You see and and it. Lynn comes out and it's just 15 to 20 minutes all on them. They're going nuts. They're raising their glasses. They're getting standing ovations. And then uh, Lynn asks the one girl, she goes, what's your name, by the way? And she goes, uh, Elizabeth, like with that harsh accent right. that they have. And she goes, oh, I just love you, Elizabeth. I'm going to call you Betty. Is that okay? And she stands up and goes, no, Betty is a cow's name. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't ask for, you can't ask for a better response. No, you can't on the do material after yeah. that. That's, <laughs> That's so funny, man. We, um, we went out. I lucked out one time. I, did, uh, I opened for Bobby one, one time, and I just looked at a table. And it was a table of, like, weird conglomerate of fat people. And I talked to them, and they were like... Uh, where something it was something sexual, but it turned out that there was a husband and wife, and then this other weird fat guy, and he was a third in their relationship, but he was gay, and he just did stuff with the husband. And I'm like, well, that you can't make that up, like oh. you can't, yeah. So like you know, you, you might see a, a couples threesomes or whatever, adult sleepovers or whatever they do these days, but um, but to know that the the guy with the fat guy was banging the husband, that was what you just get lucky every once in a while. You just get lucky. At least with the Amish people, you get to you see that. You see that visual. Oh. They were amusing there. Yeah. But Tampa's a wild city, too, though. Yeah, Tampa's fun, man. That's a, that's what all the, the comics say when they come here. Like, this is the capital for swingers and all that. We never see any of that garbage. We know we don't. We push for it all the time. Maybe occasionally we'll have a guest or somebody or a stripper we know does. We don't get to do any. We don't get to see any of the cool stuff that this has a reputation for. We don't go to strip clubs anymore. None of that stuff. It's, just, it's here all the time. Yeah, it's you guys in Miami, I think, right? That's the two best. I don't know. We get that reputation, but I think it's because we have more per capita, but uh, Miami's yeah. probably got the more quality quality of the clubs. Well, Jacksonville's got them, but they're a little haggard up there. Listen to me. We were on, what were we on, Galvin? Rock 105, I think? <laughs> yeah. Rock 105 in Jacksonville. And we did a, a thing up there. We went up there, 
and we went to a strip club. We had an appearance at a strip club while we were there. And it is definitely different from the way it is down here. I couldn't remember the name of it. Maybe it was Bullet Wounds. I don't know what it was called, but <laughs> it was it was something else, man. And uh, you know, it's always a fun time, but it was just entirely different than than Tampa Strip Club. Also, currently in Jacksonville, uh, from the news, they're trying to find a smell. Yeah, it's in Did the you city. Hear that? <laughs> so, there's a, oh, they have wait. special <laughs> monitors set up because there's a weird smell and they can't figure out what the smell is uh, in Jacksonville. Is yeah. I don't know. It's disgusting. Have fun. Uh, That's where I have to go drive after this. <laughs> yeah, this enjoy your night. Yeah. Um, I tell people all the time for years, especially comedians, stop doing a podcast. It's not necessary. You don't need to just get on there with your two friends, and then the, your other friends start to podcast, and then the same two friends come on the show, and you ancestrally cannibalize each other on your own dumb podcast. If you're going to have a podcast, have an angle and do something right so people will be interested in it. Yours is one of the most interesting and original ideas I've ever ah, had. Mike. Yeah. Uh, seriously, uh, it is it is bad people in history, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And where do you where do you what made you think of that? That's a great idea. Well, it started as a book that I was going to write a book, and it was going to be. I still probably will do it for the election year in a couple. Especially of years. now that you've done all the research. Oh you know. yeah, it's uh, it's brutal. I mean, I I would love to just get on and just riff with friends. Yeah, you know, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's a fun yeah. thing to do, but there's so many of them now. It's flooded. You know exactly. what I mean? It's, uh, it's flooded. But go ahead. You you got this idea? You were going to do a book? Well, it was going to be everybody who ran for president and lost. Oh, because it, what a different America it would be if this guy. What were their policies? What would they have pulled off? Like of? Marvel did that What If series. If if Superman had landed in Russia instead of <laughs> instead of Kansas, and what a, what a different world it would be. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun stuff to to think about, and then you realize like how many people ran that were like straight. There were some awful people that yeah. were almost president of the United States. Um, but uh, so then it turned into like, well, as we're researching that, first of all, I'm kind of lazy, so the writing the book part's kind of hard, right? And then uh, my buddy's just like, dude, this is actually would be a great TV show. So as I'm, we're developing, it really it, would. Oh, we, we're trying to pitch it. We, <laughs> we actually had something on the desk. This is the timing of my career. But yeah, you know, yeah. I'm a funny guy. Comics have been great to me. Bobby, Lynn, you, everybody's been wonderful to me. But um, I did have something on the desk of History Channel um, the week that the pandemic hit. Oh, right. Well, I mean, that, I think they need the most material. They, well, you couldn't yeah. go forward with it. You they couldn't, couldn't do, do it. Yeah. production. They, and pretty much I got told later on, like about maybe six months later, we sent it to them again. And they're like, listen, unless William Shatner's hosting this, uh, we're not looking at anything. Oh, right man, so. that's brutal. <laughs> But uh, but it's fine. I haven't given up on it yet. But so as I'm developing as the TV show for the pitch or whatever, we're just like my buddy goes, "You got to own the idea." So that's when we went into the podcasting thing. Yeah. So then just having a couple episodes too. I worked with um, Kevin Smith's buddies, the guys who own the Secret Stash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay and Silent Bob thing. So I was working with them, and they let me start recording over at their studio. And then we've been running for uh, it's three and a half years now at this point. So. Yeah, and you doing it with your dad, so? Yeah, he was. Uh, it, it made sense as a partner because I was calling him up to be like, "Hey, this is this guy interesting to talk to?" And then me and him were just buddies anyway. We both it, like history. See, you like your dad. How do I get my son to like me? I don't understand. He's 15 now, and he's a band now. That's all right. I'll figure it out. Let me be clear, too. I was nervous to come in here because I was afraid I'd open the wrong door, and then your son was just going to open field tackle. That's <laughs> very like, possible. Yeah, I was like, he's been prepping for this fight his whole life. He, he is. Um, my son is off from school today, so he's been out since yesterday morning. I don't know. He's at a, He went out to the beach to walk around. He doesn't drive. Went to the beach to walk around. And then slept at a friend's house. I'm pretty sure he's doing heroin right now, and I'm a terrible father. But we'll figure it out. I feel like I feel like I'm a cool dad, but all of a sudden he's going to be like, "Why didn't you not let me come home? Then you should have made me come home." Anyway, so your dad, I enjoy 
talking to my dad and hearing stories about Rikers Island, about prison. He tells a good story, and he'll be like, like I'll, I'll ask him every once in a while, I'll be like, he'll t- he tells me that people don't get raped in prison like you see in the movies. He says, that's all movies. I go, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, if you're getting raped in prison, it's because somebody's sending you a message, and you know, it's, it just doesn't happen as often as it does because there's so many gay people in jail that if you want to have sex, you, there's plenty of people to have sex with. You don't have to rape everybody. That makes sense. But the way he tells me these things is very interesting. And then when he tells me stories about how he had a fight or going to something, I'm enjoying it. But then my dad's problem is once he gets on the air... He becomes the actor. You know what I mean? He doesn't even realize he's doing it. And then I go down and I go and he gets all New York on you, you know. It's not the same as the interesting guy who's telling you. Like, I always wanted my dad to go on the air on Mondays and review The Sopranos for me the night before when it was on Sunday night. But I don't I don't want actor dad. I want real dad to do it. So it's hard to it's hard to get them. The only person that's ever been genuine off the air and on the air was my grandmother. She was the absolute best. But in your dad's case, he's good. He's good to talk to. We got to beat him up every now and then. Yeah, yeah. You know, he uh, not exactly a broadcaster by name. You know, he's got a great voice. It's almost for it. better sometimes. Oh yeah, but he'll say he rustles paper sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. He'll start- oh, like Joe, all old guys do the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's an age thing. Oh, he winds up clearing his throat into the microphone sometimes. Or I'll sit there. Sometimes I've had to tell him too because uh, our producers, my buddy, uh, uh, we call him the Kahuna on the show. But uh, I'll sit there, and the two of them will have a conversation going, and I sometimes have to lower the mic and be like, "Hey, um, just so you guys know, it's you know we're all friends here." I'm but here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> it's this is my show. Yeah. So I got to get them back on course every now and then. But he has fun. He's a retired shop teacher uh, up in Jersey, and he uh, he literally he didn't know that when he was agreeing to do this that we were going to write a term paper on weird people from history every single week. For oh, yeah. I mean, the research has probably got to be pretty deep, pretty, pretty deep. Yeah, sometimes we find out stuff we wish you didn't know, too. Oh, really? Yeah, What's been some... Tell me some of the surprise things. All right, so uh, I, I feel like I have this right. So if your pops was up in Rikers, then yeah. you spent a little time in New York growing up? I or? grew up in Staten Island from okay. until I was 18. Okay, so the... Uh, what's it, that Washington... Um, in Washington Square Park, they have that one thing. You know, the, I'm talking about the, the iconic Yeah, the big... The, the arch. arch. Yeah. yeah. So the one that, uh, the, for those who don't know, the monster in Ghostbusters comes through there. And right, right, right. Seeing the CGI thing. The guy who designed that, uh, he also designed a couple of things. I think he was the Columbia campus was designed by him. His okay. His name was Stanford White. Um, and he got busted in the biggest pedophile ring oh. in New York City history, <laughs> oh. pre, pre-Epstein. Right, right. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So I learned this last night. Have you watched the uh, We Have to Talk About Cosby special that was on? <laughs> have you watched it at all? Uh, no, I have not. So at the end of it, they um, they tell you, I don't know if it was at the end, I don't know, whatever, but it was at some point they tell you that um, there's the Pantages Theater and the Pantages uh, was a guy who opened, I forgot, Stuart Pantages or Stan Pantages. He opened this theater and it became a, uh, you know, big theater for shows. And then he'd open them up all around the world, or whatever. Turned out he was a huge rapist. Ugh. And uh, they, he was convicted and put away and all that stuff, but nobody talks about it. All they, but they kept the name up on all the theaters. So thankfully, the story behind the guy disappeared, and you just know the name of the theater. So sometimes you can you can get away with that. Like the guy who designed the uh, the arch, I would never know his name. I would never know how it was done or where it came. You yeah. Know? Well, he got uh, he wound up getting murdered in uh, in, Madison, in the theater in Madison Square, old school Madison Square Garden. Right. Um, they had a theater on the rooftop. Yeah. And he gets shot by uh, the husband of one of his victims. Oh. So he wow. literally died looking up at the ceiling of a building he designed. Yeah, oh, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Some Shakespearean uh, uh, revenge right there. It was pretty uh, pretty poetic, I thought. Who, who in history, like uh, president-wise or almost president-wise, who would have been the worst president had they won? There's a couple of guys that are rough. Um, 
So uh, honestly, the, the weirdest one to come into power was uh, when you think about the weird stuff that happened for Teddy Roosevelt, the uh-huh. president, because that was weird. That was uh, the election before that was pretty much bought and paid for. Like, oh, really? Yeah, it was J.P. Morgan, uh, Rockefeller, Carnegie, all those guys. They got in a room and they said, we're scared of William Jennings Bryan. Uh-huh. So we're terrified of this guy. And, um, and then they, what are we going to do? Okay, we'll just run somebody who's very bland and throw a lot of money behind him. And just push him. So they ran, and it wound up being uh, McKinley. Uh-huh. He was the governor of Ohio at the time, I think. And then they picked as his, uh, literally the guy who was the biggest pain and you know, the, the butt to deal with in New York was um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh-huh. So what they did in New York, the way that they boot you out, was like, well, we can't get rid of this guy because he's too powerful, so we'll just kick him upstairs. Literally, they kicked him upstairs to be the VP. And they're like, oh, and then he's got to go down to D.C., and he's not going to be a problem in New uh, York. Get anymore. him out of our face. Yeah, and then one anarchist shoots uh, you know, President McKinley. McKinley. Yeah, <laughs> Leon Shalgaz shoots him dead. And then, boom, all of a sudden, Teddy Roosevelt, the guy you kicked upstairs, like, we ain't got to deal with him anymore. Right, now he's in the ultimate power position. Now he runs the country. That's incredible. (laughs) I I was talking about this earlier in the show. I was watching a show that the information compiled by the Secret Service about how many assassination attempts there's been since Kennedy that you don't really, like, Ford, they tried to kill Ford twice. I didn't know that one. Yeah, I know. There's just, and and then we were talking about John Hinckley. Who shot Reagan and uh, you know shot another security uh, agent and put uh, Brady in a wheelchair for the rest of his life? Uh, that guy's free now. You, if you shoot a president, there's no way you should have freedom. It's uh, the guy who threw the shoe at George Bush in China over there. He's out now too. Oh, he, he's yeah. out. I think he's like a local here. Like he, you know, you can't buy sake around him or something. Right. Like that. <laughs> That's so funny. Which comedians have been the uh, the nicest to you? Um. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, obviously, you know I got a soft spot for old Robert Kelly. Yeah. Uh, he's been very good to me. He's the reason I know you, actually. He yeah, yeah that's right. We met down there, years yeah. Ago. Um, Lynn's been amazing to me. Um, I'm very lucky. My my pal, Mike Cannon. Oh, I love Ken. Oh, me and him just hit it off right away. Yeah. Like, I, the theory, we we joked that me, him, and DiStefano were probably cousins. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, I'll, I'll tell you what. So when we planned this cruise, which this cruise was supposed to be, you know, two years ago, um, it was... I said Bobby's on in for the cruise, and I'd like to book this guy Mike Cannon. And the reason why is because I was on uh, Opie's show one day, and just happened to be in New York, stopped by Opie Opie's show, and Cannon was in there as a guest, and I'd never heard of him before, and he made me laugh so much in the studio. I was like, that guy I want to be, <laughs> I want to be on the cruise. And ever since then, he's been on our podcast. We've been friends with him. Um, uh, he's hilarious. He's he's really good. By the way, speaking of uh, Chris Stefano, did you guys see the uh, tweet that he put out? Yes. The guy who's uh, mugshot. He said, "Stop sending this to me." There was but a, it did looks, you see that? It, it looks exactly like him. I just sent it to you, Mike. If you want. Is yeah. it a black and white headshot? No, no, no. It's a it's a mugshot of a guy. Michigan Michigan driver deliberately struck, killed retirees so he could have sex with her body. Authorities say, and it looks just like Chris Stefano. And Stefano put it on goes, please stop sending this. To me. I've already <laughs> seen it. It's great. Well, I sent him one too because the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy that wound up Richard Houtman is the guy's name. Right. And I remember sending a picture of it to Giannis Papas and being uh-huh. like, dude, just just kind of. Look don't, at don't, the tell him, yeah, don't tell him it's going to be on the show. It's when they were doing hyenas. Still. Yeah. And I sent it to him, and he just goes, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so in the 1920s or whatever that time frame was, there was a, a, a DiStefano lookalike yeah. got the electric chair. Oh, so. that's hilarious. <laughs> Probably somewhere in his family. Who's been the worst to you? The worst? All right, that's a fair question. Yeah. I had Very I, few people want to answer it. You know what? Uh, there's a couple people out there that are just straight-up jerks, though, and it's... Uh, Bill Burr. It's uh, <laughs> He's so uh, mean to me all the time. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know how much time we have. But oh. Bill Burr actually helped me settle um, 
uh, part of my pseudo divorce. Oh, really? Yeah. So he he has no he does he knows now because I got to tell him, but he actually inadvertently helped me with a huge legal. How problem. did he How did he do that? Um, well, it was uh, it was strange. So I, when I was stationed in Jacksonville, I bought a house because I was with a girl, and uh, I'm not mad at her anymore. Whatever, it's all good. It worked yeah. out. We were together four and a half years. And uh, I wound up, like everything, it was like, uh, oh, well, it'll change once we get our own place. Or once yeah, yeah. Some, and then I wound up buying this girl a house in Jacksonville with my overseas money when oh, I came Jesus. back from Dubai. Yeah. Yep. And uh, at the time, I was like screwed up. I still thought I was going to be a cop or something. Uh-huh. So, you know, or I'd be like a funny cop, I thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. My mother thanks God every day. Anytime there's something on the news, she's like, man, I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll stick with this jokes thing you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was kind of like going through the process with the NYPD. And then, um, you know, things were falling apart with me and her a little bit. And uh, we wound up splitting. And I told her, I was like, listen, give me the down payment back on the house. I'll just sign it over to you. You can have it, yeah. yeah. And it was $8,000. And then that, that I bought a market Lowe's, dude. It was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. I had a four-bedroom. It was uh, $123,000. Oh, good for you. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> but what winds up happening is um, uh, she all of a sudden can't make the payment, blah, blah, blah. She goes, what if we take six? I was like, six is fine. Just give me the money I want out. And I'm moving back up to Jersey. And then she uh, she goes, i got to do a payment plan. I can't pay you all at once. Oh, so it's dragging out. My cousin, who's a lawyer, writes out something very favorable to her. And then uh, all of a sudden she's like, oh, yeah, I can't honor that contract, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to deal with so-and-so from now on. Oh, wow. Who's a family friend mm. that all of a sudden I'm looking. I'm like, oh, so where are you a lawyer, dude? And he goes, uh, well, I'm not exactly a lawyer. <laughs> I've seen my cousin Vinny eight times. Oh, exactly. So he's doing that. And then he uh, he, he admits he's not a lawyer. Then he keeps saying he's a family friend. I was like, I should have met this guy after yeah. four and a half years. And then I'm sitting there, and I, I matched the guy. I, I did a research on him a little bit, and he makes me an ultimatum. He goes, uh, yeah, we're going to start charging you rent for all the months you haven't been here. I've been home for a year now at this point. What? So, yeah, they're trying to they're trying to hose me yeah. out of my house. And uh, what winds up happening is I Google the guy in a rage, and I find his picture. On uh, he, he went to a prestigious uh, school in Florida. Uh-huh. I found his grad page, and his uh, picture looks... Remarkably, like the guy in her new profile picture with her, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, so this is your new boyfriend yeah. trying to hose me out of my house that I bought for you." So I went nuts. I got blackout drunk, and then um, you know, two or three days later, I'm sitting there and I get a phone call from my buddy Jeff. Uh, Jeff Zenisek, hilarious comic. I don't uh-huh. know if he's come on or not, but he goes, uh, "He goes, hey, dude, did you um, did you write to Bill Burr? Because it sounds like he's reading your life story on the podcast right now." And I remember I was like, "Oh, that yeah." You did. <laughs> yeah, well, you were drunk. I, in a, bl- I had like two bottles of like wine out in front of me, and I was just like writing my feelings out, like right. Sex in the City or something. But uh, I wound up writing to uh, Bill Burr, and then he read the email. So he read my email on the podcast. Oh, so you didn't even know him at the time. You just sent him a random email. Oh yeah, I had met him once when he came through Jacksonville, and obviously I was a big fan. This is just as he was really starting to just come right. into the stratosphere. But he, um, I, I sent him the the letter. He read it, and then I, you know, shared the link on my page, and then my ex heard it went nuts, hires a lawyer to try to sue me because oh, of that. He never says my name. He never says her name. Right. So we're good to go. And she's so mad. She goes, uh, civility has gone out the window or something. And she tells me she hired a lawyer. And the lawyer goes, oh, so he's trying to, like, screw you out of the house or something? And she goes, no. Uh, uh, I, I, I mean, we're just trying to get him to, like, go away so I can keep the house. I was like, yeah, that's not how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this guy's house, man. So instead of the eight grand, I had to settle for $15,000 because we sold the house. Oh, and you got your... Yeah, and she drug it out so long that it actually appreciated in value. Hilarious. And then two years later, I see Burr at um, when Verzi was taping his special. Yeah. And I tell him that story, and he just goes, he goes, 
All right, good. He goes, but I'm not. I'm not going to hear from her lawyer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's concerned with. Uh, That's hilarious. Well, listen, I'm glad things are going good for you. I appreciate you hanging out to come in today. Uh, tell everybody where they can find the podcast. Oh, awesome, man. Uh, the podcast is called American Loser. Uh, we're on uh, what's it, Spotify, uh, Pandora, everything like that. I host it off of SoundCloud. It's really great. Um, and I got confirmed, too. Uh, actually, one of my, a couple of my tracks are on SiriusXM now. Oh, really? From a compilation. Good for you. And then uh, my first album's coming out uh, the weekend before Memorial Day weekend. Good for you, man. That's so. great. We love to see comics that we like to. Well, good. Uh, thank you for hanging out here. I think this is really uh, cool that you waited. Uh, you got to go to Jacksonville now and drive there, and you came yeah. to do the show. So we appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, go figure out what that smell is in Jacksonville way there if you can. Uh, KP Burke, uh, see him next time he's in town. Hopefully you got to see him with Lynn this weekend. Maybe Amish people will never go back to their Amish country now because of seeing you guys. Uh, we got to take a break. It's a Mike Caldwell.